Hi guys, my name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. So before even any greetings, <laughs> for the last 10 minutes, I have been freaking out because I thought my mic was damaged or something because I was trying to start recording the podcast and the sound was just off. I sounded like I was in a hole on the other side of the street. <laughs> and I was just like, what happened to this microphone? I started thinking about the lady who helps me in cleaning the apartment. I'm like, did she touch anything? Surely, what could she have moved? Like, and I was really freaking out. Turns out, I just hadn't plugged the dumb thing in. <laughs> oh my God. I, oh my God. Maybe I need to go back to bed and just like take a one hour nap and then come back. <laughs> the thing wasn't plugged in. Anyway, how are you? How are you doing? I hope uh, your week and your day is going fantabulously. Disclaimer, there will be sounds of trucks. There's construction happening again around our area. And then on top of that, my husband has just rediscovered his love for rock music this morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know, random like that. And so if you hear any funny sounds from the background, it's probably him singing along to, I don't know, Linkin Park or something. <laughs> anyway, I have had a fantastic week. So first and foremost, I don't know if you do this, but I was very overwhelmed at the beginning of the week because I was freaking out over the things that I have to get done before December. So this month, November, I'm going to be launching a project under my initiative, which is the Adelo Nyango Initiative, and it's a project to try and create a network of survivors of rape and give them access to group therapy sessions that have been created by trained counselors. It is so much work, fulfilling work, obviously, but you know when you're, you have like fear of failure and fear of, I don't know, just fear, and so instead of getting up and starting to work towards what you want to achieve, you just sit in a corner and let fear and this overwhelming thoughts consume you. Yeah, so that's what I was doing from like the beginning of the week to midweek. And that whole experience like made me actually realize, you know how procrastination people always mask it to be, oh, you're being lazy or whatever. I think procrastination for me, it happens because of fear of failure or fear of the unknown. Not because I'm lazy or anything, but because I'd rather not try so that I don't fail. Yeah, which is pretty fucked up, but hopefully I'll work through that and just start. Just start doing the stuff that you want to do. And speaking of starting, so one of my major issues with being on traditional radio is that I hated being in the box. Like literally, I hated being in the studio, the four walls. I felt like I was so disconnected from life and what people are doing out there and the stories they have and their takes on discussions. Obviously, you have people calling in and stuff, but it's so different from sitting across from somebody and actually interacting with them. So I'd always wanted to take whatever show I was on, on the road. I even remember um, after I resigned last year, December, I obviously then started 
long negotiation talks with my CEO that was so draining because he was trying to understand, okay, why do you want to leave and how can we mesh your ambition and whatever it is you want to achieve with this platform so you stay. And I remember at one point telling him, Aki, if you make me stay and then you put me in this box, I just cannot, I cannot be in this box anymore. So I'm very proud that this podcast, Legally Clueless, is a platform that I can take on the road. I can take around Africa. I can take around my country or my city. You know what I mean? That really fills me with joy. So what I did was reach out to a couple of universities because I wanted to record stories from young Kenyans or young Africans because, you know, some of these universities don't only have Kenyans. And the first university that jumped on board was Meru University. So Meru is about a three to four hour drive from Nairobi where I live in Kenya. Um, It's a county on its own. It is huge. If you have ever heard of Mount Kenya, I believe three quarters of it (laughs) is in Meru. But then again, I was told that by someone from Meru, so maybe they exaggerated. But... It's a lush area. It's super green. I went to Meru for the first time earlier this year, not for a good thing. My friend's dad had passed away, so we went for the funeral. And I was glad that I was going back on a happier note, of course, but also because I really, really was impressed by the county Meru. So Thursday morning, 6 a.m., my management team picked me up. And we started our drive. Now, I am that person during road trips. As soon as the engine is on, Adele is asleep. (laughs) But we went by a route that passes through one of my favorite places in Kenya, which is Nanyuki. If you don't know about it, look it up. So that's when I woke up. (laughs) It's like I could sense Nanyuki is close by. Stopped for coffee there, continued our trip. And we got to Meru University. Everybody was fantastic. We met the vice chancellor. He gave us brilliant history around the university and how it is a vision that was first conceptualized in the 40s or 50s. Yeah. And they have amazing programs there. And one thing that I realized is, because while we were waiting for the VC, I could see how the staff and the lecturers are interacting with the students. It was not a strict environment, you know, those restrictive ones. It was more like, we're looking out for you. We see you as students and we respect you. So I was just like, that is so dope. Anyway, so one of the guys from the PR department, his name is Derek. He is the one who is looking after us while we were there. And while we were walking to where we're going to meet the storytellers, he tells me that he actually listens to Legally Clueless. He's like, oh, my favorite episode was a guy who's talking about Eno Ninini. I'm like, what? I always find it so sick that people from different parts of this world are listening to this podcast. It's powerful and it's humbling and it just makes me want to do more and better. Anyway, so we get to where the storytellers are. Of course, I'm recording them for 100 African stories. And <laughs> and that's an inside joke. Only people who listen to each and every episode will understand that. But uh, we get there. It's so awesome. There are about 10 students. And Derek leads them through breathing exercises to get them ready to share their stories. I'm busy setting up my 
improv studio there. Actually, there's a video of me setting up on our Instagram page, which is Legally Clueless Podcast. And then we start recording and I had so much fun. It was so fulfilling. It really reinforced the thought that, you know, when people say, oh, I'm going to Africa, I'm like, but where in Africa? Do you understand? There are many countries. And then even in those countries, there are many different cities or counties. And then even in those counties, like different hoods have their own culture and their own way of doing things. We are so diverse. And recording stories from students from Meru University, students who are at that university but come from various other places in Kenya, and then listening to their stories, I was like, man, Kenya is huge, and I have so much ground to cover in recording these stories. And so I decided this week, let me share at least one of the stories that I recorded in Meru University. Meru by the way, is also known to have many elephants. Yeah, so when you're driving to Meru, you'll see signs like slow down, elephants crossing, and, you know, elephants, beautiful animals, powerful animals, and can also be very dangerous animals. <laughs> so the story about it here is of Damaris, who is a student in Meru University, and her encounter one day when she got attacked by an elephant. So for those of you who may not understand Kiswahili, wapi means where, hapa means here, ndovu is a Kiswahili word for elephant. A hundred African stories. There is no proper life that you live in university as a musician. If I constantly just walked around feeling sorry for myself, I'm never going to get anything done. Uh, there was a bit of frustration in between all of that. I've been breaking my back for this company. Therapy is not for the weak or for the crazy. Stories from Africa. Um, Damaris from Kiambu County. I am a last born in a family of five. My dad died when I was four months. So I've been brought up by my mom and my other siblings. So you expect that as a last born, they'll pamper you, they'll give you everything that you want. But maybe that was not the case. This one night, it was 3rd of November, 2017. I was a first year then. So we were on strike, so I was at home, and my siblings were there, my brother and my sister, the last three, mm-hmm. and my mom. So there was a conflict at home because of a petty stuff mm-hmm. that is a cable, a charger cable. Yeah, so uh, there was a conflict. My sister wanted to use it, and it was mine, and my phone was almost off. I also wanted to use it. Mm-hmm. But my sister argued that... She wanted to call her boyfriend, and so I had to allow her to at least charge her phone. And I had exams, maybe. We, I, I never knew when we'd report back, and I knew I had a cut immediately when we report. So at least I wanted to be updated with the notes. So I told her, just allow me to charge to at 20%, and then I allow you to charge. The chaos started there. So my sister was cooking and she threw something to me and it hit me and I felt mad I was mad because I just want to charge 20% and I read and you want to use this cable and charge so that you call your boyfriend Mm -hmm. and your phone is uh, okay the phone was actually 34% Mm -hmm. so how do you talk until 34% is over 
that was not adding up according to me and my phone was almost of I think 1%. Mm. So my sister said no, you have to allow me charge and then my brother was up in arms and he wants to beat me. I I realized that things are going haywire when my sister is talking, my brother is talking and my mom is just silent and I'm there I can't de- I can't defend myself because these are two people I don't have backup anyway mm-hmm. my sister has backup already from my brother and my mom is just silent so they're like oh mom has been doing this to you and she has not been doing this to us okay you expect I've not be I, I never saw my dad so at least mom wants to fill that gap of mm-hmm. her being a mother to me and a father mm-hmm. and these ones they saw my dad, at least they enjoyed a bit of time with him. So they're saying, mom buys clothes for you, not for us. She's doing all this for you. When you do something wrong, she can't talk, which is not the case anyway. So I know the truth, but I, I just can't talk. I'm just silent. My brother said, I- I'm holding my phone and it's charging. So my brother said, this phone is what has been making you not to reply to us. You are so arrogant and all that. So my brother picked my phone and crushed it. Mm. You know, I felt bad. I didn't cry at that point. But I think I was trying to take my time and understand how these things are going. I went and started packing my bags. So my brother told my mom, hmm, she's going. And mom is like, where are you going? I'm just silent. I never talked to anyone. I packed my bags and then I was done. I was about to leave and then my, my mom came and picked my bag. And she told me, where do you think you're going? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I was not crying. I was not. I was just calm. Mm-hmm. You know, that is weird because you expect I'll be screaming, mm-hmm. crying, insulting everyone. That was not what I was doing. So I was just calm. And my mom told me, actually... You'll not go to your room. You'll sleep where I'm sleeping. You're sleeping on my bed. And I'm, okay. I went there and I slept. Then around midnight, I started laughing like a mad person. You know, it dawned on me that these people, like, they don't love me. That laughter led to tears. So I started crying and crying. And I vowed to myself, in the morning, the first thing I'll do, I'll leave this place. And I will never, ever come back. My sister actually was mocking me and telling me, you've been in school for so long. You know, I rewinded in closet and did the same in Form 4. Not that I was stupid or not that I had failed. Actually, in those two times, I had attained a good grade. And I was actually supposed to proceed. But because I minded about them, I had to rewind so that they had time to finish up and mom is able to pay the fees for all of them so I sacrificed myself now uh, in the morning I woke up my mom went out maybe to feed the cattle and all that and I picked my bags and I left I never knew where I was going I had no clue a hundred percent I never knew where I was going so I just picked my bags and I was like okay um, the moment Nilifika Kobarabara, I asked myself, Damaris, what do you think you're doing? But I was like, no, I can't go back there. I want to teach them a lesson. This is not how you handle someone. So I left and then I had 20 shillings, 20 bob. So I went and I decided this is what I'll do. I don't have a relative I can go to and at least spend some time there. 
because they will call my mom and they'll tell her where I am. So I decided I'll go to a prayer center and I'll spend some time there. And I went. So I stayed there. Now I decided we are supposed to report back on 7th November. So what I'll do, let me try contacting mom privately with a number that she can't reach me with later so that she sends me money to come back here. So I called mom and then she's like, where did you go? Please come back. And she begged and begged and begged. I told her, I'm okay. I'm super fine. So there was a lady there who had gone for prayers. Her name is Leah. So she told me, uh, Dama, please, let's go to our place and then you'll spend the night there. And in the morning, uh, you'll go back to school. So I'm coming back to school. I only asked for exact fair amount from Kiambu to Meru. And that is what my mom sent me. So I was okay with that because I just needed to come back here and feel I'm far away from home. Remember, I vowed I will never go back to that place. So mom sent fair and I came back here. When I came, I don't have money to spend. Like, I don't have money to for food and all that. But that time I was staying in the hostel. So I was okay. I knew accommodation is 100% assured. But food, I had to survive. So I came here and I survived. I survived for like two weeks. Now, on 23rd of the same month, November, two friends of mine told me, Wacha tusiboyeke huku, let's go out, at least walk. A nature walk, that is. So you see this forest, this one here. Uh, my friends told me, let's go there. Let's go see them, elephants. Okay. Yes. I had never seen one in my life, so I was excited. But I hear people say they are there and all. So we went at around 11, 11 a.m. So we went there. I never knew uh, maybe uh, I would meet my death there, but I never died anyway. <laughs> um, so we went there and then there were herdsmen who uh, graze their flocks. Yeah. So they called and they said, Ziko hapa! Personally, mimi ndo nilikuwa na kerere mingi, so I asked, wapi? So then, hapa, wapi? So before before they said hapa the second time, these things were coming. Like, yes, they were coming, running. So I also started running. Unfortunately, I had some slippery shoes. Mm -hmm. Oh, these plastic shoes, you know them. So the sweat... And all that, as I was running, I fell down. By the time I was turning back, the key thing is right behind me. And it is lifting me up. So I called my friend. His name is Matthew and the other one is Lillian. They are still here. I called my friend Ezra. Matthew! Matthew, run! Ezra, who? I'm dying! I'm actually dying. This is death. So the key thing is standing behind, I mean, in front of me. After it has threw me up, the ears are so big, my friend. The canoe is small. <laughs> Have you ever seen an elephant? Yeah. The canoe is small, the ears are big, and then this trunk is... Yeah. Boom, I'm dying. Uh, it pierced me around here, near my sheen. It With that cajon, you know, it has two horns, and then the trunk in between. So it pierced me. With that horn, then it threw me up again. Oh, God, I was dying. My friends, both of them, 
the lady, I think the lady went behind. The elephants can't turn mm. that fast. So the lady went behind them. And this guy saw me being lifted. He was shocked. So that's why I was calling him. Matthew, Matthew, run. So now I'm there with this elephant. And this elephant stood still. I left it standing there. My shoes and my sweater are in that forest. I had a caband around my head to, to tie my hair and all that. Remember I had said I'll not go back home. But my mom called me at that point, that time. When, when the elephant was tossing me up and down. So mom called me. I had, first of all, to run for my life. And I don't know how I did it. But I just found myself to that point where the herdsmen were calling us from. And the lady, the herdsmen went to pick the lady. And the gentleman came by himself. Mm. Sweating. Shut his out. And he's panicking. And they found me seated there. I, I came back to school. And I was like, I'm okay. I don't have a problem. So I called mom at that point where the husband were, yeah. at that place. I called mom because she had called me and I had promised her I would go back home that day. Mm -hmm. But it was a lie because I never wanted to go. Mm -hmm. So that's why I went actually out with my friends. Mm -hmm. The strike was back again. So the students would go home anytime they want. Yeah. There was no learning. So you were just here for fun. I told mom, mom, eh, I had an accident. What do you mean? Um, I uh, was attacked by an elephant. So stop, I'm fed up with your jokes. Mm. So mom, mom, mom never took it seriously. So she told me, who are you with? I mean, my friends, can, can you give one of them the phone and let her talk to me? So I gave one and, I'm a gongwa, I'm a gongwa random. <laughs> you know, it's funny. So mom is like, are you serious? Like, yes. So this lady is crying mm -hmm. and I'm actually talking it like it's a joke. Mm -hmm. So we came back here and I slept. I told my friend, you know, uh, I'll not go to the hospital because I feel okay. So I was taken to this hospital. I mean, this clinic, the school clinic later when I started coughing continuously. So I was taken there and they, they injected me. I don't know, maybe nurses can tell us what, it, but it's to make me relax and at least sleep and all that. Uh, the following day, I was taken to Meru Diagonistic Clinic and they had x-rays all over mm. and they confirmed I was okay, no fracture. I had some few bandages mm. here and there. So I was here. I couldn't eat because my hands are weak. My body is weak. But I had to go home because, you know, students here were going home. Mm. There is no learning. So nobody, I, you can't trust anyone to just take care of you. So I had to go back home. And mom, my mom thought it was just a joke. Mm. But when she saw me, eh, she was like, really? It's, but my sisters, remember, the sister and the brother they mocked me, they harassed me, they crushed my phone. But this time, when they saw me in this situation, in this condition, everyone was like, we are sorry. And everyone wants to be around you. They want to take care of you. They want to show you love. What I learned is people die like today and then you're replaced tomorrow. But that family that you have, nobody can replace you there. The same, same people that made me feel like I'm not a person, like, I don't belong there. Later, we bonded very well because we came to understand each other. 
catch our next African stories in the next episode. You know what I loved about Damaris's story is that she was so nonchalant and just easy about being attacked by an elephant. As she was telling the story, I was busy gasping like, (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) and she was just easy. It's so interesting, like, you know, stories really show us that what's normal in my setup, in my environment and where I've grown up is very different from what's normal for you and stories really unpack that so well speaking of stories we're getting closer to christmas and this is a call out to you who has always wanted to be featured on legally clueless if you have a christmas story it could be a story of your favorite christmas a christmas memory where you shared it with you know your family or your loved ones and you want to share that, that's great. It could be a story of a dramatic family Christmas when things just went left. Or it could be when Christmas was ruined by something terrible happening or that Bay finally took you to meet his or her parents um, on a Christmas. It could be Christmas traditions that you still do because you know somebody who's passed on used to do this thing which is a story similar to mine. Whatever the Christmas story is, I would love to do a call out right now. Just record a one minute WhatsApp voice note demo of the story. Okay, so record a one minute WhatsApp audio note demo of the story and send it to the Legally Clueless hotline. And then I will be in touch and we can see how to schedule you sharing that story on Legally Clueless. This is my first time attempting this, opening up this podcast to be able to have your stories on it so you're not just listening, listening all the time, but you're also participating. So think about if you have a Christmas story, if you want to share that Christmas story on this podcast, then record a one-minute WhatsApp voice note and send it to the hotline. Oh, the hotline number is plus two five four seven six eight six two eight seven nine zero. I'm gonna put that in the caption as well. Yeah, so the faster you send that one-minute demo, the better so we can set things up. And obviously I have limited space, so I'm looking for at most two to three stories. So Get to sending those audio notes so that your story can be on Legally Clueless. And that's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.